Happy Sabbath and welcome to this place. It's such a joy to be able to celebrate lessons and carols every year and to have the orchestra, Walla Walla University Orchestra and singers with us. Let's pray. Our Father, we welcome you to this place. We open our hearts and invite your Son, Jesus, who promises to make all things new, to be here with us today. In your name we pray, amen.
Before we kneel, we're going to pray for three separate um, people or people groups today. The first is we're going to pray for our student missionaries. We're going to celebrate the holidays, and many of them are going to be without their family for the first time during the holidays. So today, um, we're going to pray for them, but also make sure that you um, pick up a package and send them um, those packages that are prepared for you so that they can experience a little church family at the holidays. Also, we want to keep in mind um, really the, um, the Peterson and the Dodds family here. Laverne Peterson passed away this week. Um, Laverne's wife, Alice, is a member here at the University Church, and um, as is his daughter, Jane Dodds, and grandson, Greg Dodds. The Dodds clan are all part of our community of faith, and we want to pray for them um, during this time. The service was on Friday, but perhaps this Sabbath day we can just lift up um, this family um, in comfort. Also, um, one of our um, students here at Walla Walla University, Josie Henderson, um, went to the hospital um, on Wednesday, Thursday. On Friday morning, I, um, I was there, and she has been um, diagnosed with MS. And so um, she is in good spirits, but she, um, she has asked us as a church family to pray for her. So let us all kneel together at this time as far as it is possible for you and seek God. Father in heaven, as we come before you um, today, we, we bow our hearts and we, um, we lower our heads and we close our eyes and we posture ourselves before you, aware um, of all the words that we tend to use to speak to you, to describe you, to explain you, to call upon you. We, pray in our language, even though the words of our language don't always capture how we feel and what we think. We trust that you will search our hearts today and know us, search our hearts for the joy and the gratitude and the repentance and the trust and the adoration that is inside of us. We know that words are not enough. You sent your Son to flesh out all that you are to us. And so today we come in the name of Jesus to you, celebrating him and what he has done for us. We take hold of your throne today, knowing that you forgive and provide and comfort and even teach us through your Holy Spirit. We take hold of your hand today, knowing that you will walk with us through our sadness and confusion and our challenges. Lord, as we follow your Son, Jesus, his footsteps, his mannerisms, his character, we look to you to guide us as a community of faith. We pray that you draw close to Josie and her family at this time. Lord, may 
your presence in her life be unmistakable. We pray that you would come as you have every time we've asked and in times when we have not even asked to bring comfort to those who experience loss. We pray that for the Peterson and the Dodd family today. And in worship, Lord, today as we describe and declare the wonders of your story, Lord, may our worship cause you to smile. We love you. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God announces in the Garden of Eden that the seed of woman shall bruise the serpent's head. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam, and he said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And the Lord said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I have commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel.
Christ's birth and kingdom are foretold by Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. 
The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. With righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea.
The angel Gabriel salutes Mary. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he will be great, and his name will be called Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and he will be the Lord, and he will be under the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and in his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her.
Luke tells the birth of Jesus. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought him forth, a son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn.
glad to have a son. We've been waiting such a long, long time for the Holy One. Hallelujah! We thought he'd be in purple robes, royal majesty. But Mary's in the stable and she's waiting patiently. Everybody sing hallelujah, hallelujah. The baby on his way. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The king is born today. Everybody sing hallelujah, hallelujah. The baby on his way. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The king is born, born today. The baby born today, born today. The baby born. The time goes slowly. The cold wind whistles through, and Mary looks at Joseph. You don't know what to do. Hallelujah! The voice came to them, said, "Mary, don't you mind?" A voice coming to The shepherd goes to the manger. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. 
So it was, when the angel had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger.
John unfolds the great mystery of the Incarnation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which was born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth.
Have you ever seen two worlds in one day? I bet you have. Just a few days ago, my wife had such an experience, and I employed some photojournalism skills that I might share it with you. The first picture, yes, right over our beautiful valley. You will notice upon descent the beautiful white fluffy clouds, the crisp air and the sunshine, the blue skies. Oh, I knew what a day to be coming back to Walla Walla. <laughs> the next photographs reveal movement down into ALW, our own airport when suddenly the scene changed. If you put these two photographs side by side now, I think it represents something we know to be true. In a sense, we live in two worlds at the same time. For those of us people of the text, we see reality through a kind of biblical bifocals, don't we? On the one hand, we see the challenge of this gray world. Jeremiah had these uh, biblical bifocals in view, I believe. On the one hand, he was fully aware of his current condition, this world of darkness. In fact, here are the concluding words of his lamentation. Women are raped in Zion, virgins in the towns of Judah. Princes are hung up by their hands, no respect is shown to the elders. Young men are compelled to grind, and boys stagger under loads of wood. The old men have left the city gate, the young men their music. The joy of our hearts has ceased. Our dancing has been turned to mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Because of this, our hearts are sick. Because of these things, our eyes have grown dim. Because of Mount Zion, which lies desolate, jackals prowl over it. But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. Why have you forgotten us completely? Why have you forsaken us these many days? Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old unless you have utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure. Jeremiah sees clearly the world that he and that we live in. He does not live pie in the sky, unwilling to confront the reality of this present darkness. But that is not all Jeremiah sees. In fact, we discover a phrase repeated throughout the book which bears his name. It's a phrase of sunshine. Therefore, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when the end of an evil nation. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when hypocrites are punished. Therefore, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will restore them to the land. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Therefore, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when they shall live in their own land. 
For the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes of my people. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will watch over them to build and to plant. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when the city shall be rebuilt. Oh yes, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise. Jeremiah sees the world through biblically informed bifocals. On the one hand, he acknowledges this. Our hearts are sick. He does not look away from the present reality. But from the other high, he proclaims the days are surely coming. Does this not adequately represent the world that we live in? So how do we cope with this dual reality? I suppose one approach, um, maybe you've seen it around and about, the prevalence of these little happy or not devices. Have you come across these? The business is booming. Pharmacies, grocery chains, sports stores, dental clinics, veterinary hospitals, aviation, logistics, security, cleaning facilities, restrooms, hotels, fitness centers, and even educational institutions. For those who occupy a classroom in this sanctuary, imagine if after each 50-minute period your students would approach something like this and give you a little simplistic ranking right there on the spot. In fact, Nicole and I were traveling just days ago and came across this assessment of none other than Santa Claus. Apparently, he can be evaluated as well with such a simple device. I mean, this is one way that we might try to work our way through life, hoping that there's more of a smile than a frown. Perhaps if we can be lucky enough to have slightly better circumstances or a more significant way of interpreting our circumstances with a little more optimism. Maybe that's the way we can best negotiate this dual reality. But I suspect there's something better, don't you? Something richer, more significant and meaningful. In fact, I think uh, Pastor Chris Lowen captured it by sharing with us via social media, a powerful prayer that comes from the pen of Walter Brueggemann. Maybe you saw it. I'd like to share it with you. Brueggemann's prayer, we are strange mixtures of loss and hope. As we are able, we submit our losses to you. We know about sickness and dying, about death and mortality, about failure and disappointment. And now for a moment, we do our failing and our dying in your presence, you who attend to us in laws. As we are able, we submit our hopes to you. We know about self-focused fantasy and notions of control, but we also know that our futures are out beyond us, held in your good hand. Our hopes are filled with promises of well-being, justice, and mercy. 
Move us this day beyond our fears and anxieties into your land of goodness. We wait for your coming. We pray for your kingdom. In the meantime, give us bread for the day. Notice a prayer which does not simply seek to balance these two realities, but rather faithfully acknowledges what is before us. The challenges and the difficulties, those, those things that make our hearts sick. But also a prayer of confidence that God has something more, that God has done something more with rich implications in the future. That God has a way, even in this present moment, of lifting us to something better above the clouds. There's a story I shared with you many years ago. One of my favorite tales when I'm other places telling stories up front. Um, it happened right after we moved to this community some seven years ago. I tell groups that uh, in the Bryan family, there is a continuum of shower duration. It's true. My wife, who's the native Pacific Northwesterner, is an environmentalist. She takes very short showers. I, on the other hand, believe cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> Longer much longer showers. My daughter Audrey has captured my genes and passion in this area. If uh, she is the first to enter the shower in the morning, well, she will drain the tank to the very last drop. And William remains a bit of a tub guy to this point. But shortly after we moved here, we found ourselves out in a rustic setting in a cabin I got our then three-year-old, Audrey, set up in the shower. The right temperature, the right pressure, everything was ready to go. A moment later, she cries out, Daddy, Daddy, come quick. I shout back, what is it? Come quick, the shower, it's so cold. I couldn't believe it. I had just spent time making sure the temperature was just right. Daddy, come quick. I rush into the bathroom, put my hand up under the shower head, and it feels perfectly warm. In fact, a little on the hot side. Audrey, I don't know what you're talking about. Daddy, it's so cold. And I notice the shower head has been broken. No longer a steady, strong stream, but just a mist. And the distance from that shower head all the way down to my daughter's head Many degrees of temperature lost, and sure enough, it was quite chilly by the time that moisture hit her little body. Daddy, Daddy, do something. I tried to explain in three-year-old language the problem. She was having none of it. Daddy, do something. What do you want me to do, Audrey? Daddy, pick me up. Pick me up. And so I rolled up my sleeves and picked up my little girl. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that she might have a warm shower. There you have it, the Christmas story. God who sends Jesus to this world 
And through his birth and his life and his precious death and miraculous resurrection, he lifts us into the warmth of God's arms. He lifts us. I love Jeremiah's rendition of the Christmas story. Chapter 30, verse 10. So do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, declares the Lord. I will surely save you out of a distant place, your descendants from the land of their exile. Jacob will again have peace and security, and no one will make him afraid. I am with you and will save you, declares the Lord. My brothers and sisters, I need not tell you, we live in a time where hucksters peddling merchandise of fear permeate our midst. Storytellers of darkness both inside and outside the church that wish to fill our hearts with anxiety and fear and stress. But it is not times of trouble that we should focus on, oh no. It is the times of triumph way back in that glorious moment in the first century when Jesus came. Oh, it is in a future time of triumph that we should focus when that great king will reappear in glory. Christmas is a story for those who will not be enticed by those storytellers of hell and darkness. Oh, no. We are at peace. We are secure. We are no longer threatened by hell nor legalism nor anything this world can throw at us. We are secure in the arms of our Father. Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. We can be at peace today. We can be at peace until that moment. Oh, we must reverse those pictures. In this dark world, one day we shall rise up and up and up. Up we shall go into a glorious land of eternal sunshine and abundantly beautiful air for the Spirit himself will breathe on us afresh. We are in the season of gift giving. The greatest gift we have received, Jesus. And the greatest gift we can give to one another is Jesus, that we might be and continue to be storytellers, telling the rich narrative of Jesus in this place through our worship, through preaching of the Word, through music, through our care of those in our community and beyond, through the life of this church. And so it is appropriate not only for functional reasons that we highlight the collective gift we give one another and to God and to this world, 
through our offerings, through our local church budget. Oh, it goes far beyond paying the bills. Oh, our collective gifts to what happens in this place become a fantastic present to this globe. For we are a community of the story, the story that brings peace to the world, the story that is a stronger one than all other stories combined. And so now we worship by giving all of us to this great story.
In your bulletin, you'll find the words to the carol, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. We will be singing together in parts, so you'll want to grab one of these or look over the shoulder of someone who has one in their possession. I invite you to stand as we sing together.
a reminder that after the service, uh, elders will be to your left in what we term the green room uh, to pray with any of you that would wish to have a moment of particular prayer in your lives. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many, many, many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. Amen. Thank you. 